Did you used to do radio then? No. Well, I've done some community radio. You've got a very radio voice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I can't turn it off. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. You're listening to Ear, Brain, Heart, an experiment in showing up. I'm Mark Stedman, and I try to be a good content marketer, but between getting in my own head, having too many ideas, or getting bogged down in process, it's helpful to spend an hour with someone who can give me some sensible, actionable tips so that I can make good stuff for the right people without breaking my back. That person is Kate Clark, a content marketing specialist who works with people and organisations trying to do good in the world. Kate shares some super useful tips on creating authentic content iteratively. But we started by me getting a handle on where in the content development process Kate sits. So with the work that I do, I don't necessarily do a lot of the writing because I'm not a copywriter. I work with people. I like to, um, because everything that I do, I like to come at it from an authentic and an ethical point of view. And I work with a lot of health coaches and people who need to retain their own voice. So I very much encourage people to write their own stuff. So there is, you know, the certain language and the certain words that you that want to pull through there. And and I often will, you know, give people the confidence then to understand, you know, this is good, this is not so good. And lots of people do they they end up not writing necessarily for the audience. And they're not thinking about what emotions they're going through and what, you know, and it's very much, this is what I do, duh, 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 and it's, it's almost like robotic. And you have to kind of get people out of that, 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 that robot voice and, and like, what are the emotions you're actually adhering to here? What are, you know, what are you trying to, um, what's the emotion that you're, you know, you're speaking to? Do you find that there are, sort of habits or things like that that you have to find ways of because you know I, I i have this as well um that you have to sort of coach people around when you know are there crutches that, that people return to in their writing that you, that you see sort of across the board for sure there's like you say there's there's people always will fall into the technical speak of what they're doing all the time so um, like lots of my clients, especially the ones that are very scientific in their approach, I suppose. So like, you know, if you've got a health coach or a nutritionist and they're very much in that talking in that scientific language, because that's how they're, that's how they've learned their trade probably through, you know, through, they've gone very deep on the science and it's actually getting people out of the science and talking on the level that somebody's going to understand what and earth that means you know what does that mean to them what does that what's the outcome for them rather than you know if you do this one thing it's going to change your metabolic bio systems and blah 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 and it's like well i don't know what, what does that are. even mean to the you know the you've got to write for people as if i mean i think in the in the media world they tell you to um to speak or write as if you're talking to your grandma or a five-year-old right because that's You've got to go at the base level to kind of to appeal to most people. Yeah, and um, someone uh, I, I work with in in a, another community has uh, this thing of writing for the person that's in the supermarket queue, and so because you're you have limited time and you've probably got you know you might be juggling a couple of things at the, at the same time, and then an email pops up and you're having a quick read of it just because you're bored for a couple of minutes. Your reading age has dropped because you've got a bunch of stuff going on and so you want to be able to use really clear concise wording short sentences and all that kind of stuff like i'm i'm often in the i don't know if, if you've ever used the hemingway app yeah yeah i love it what, what yeah like what what as, as, as someone who, who works in this area what do you think of, of of tools like that um i think that obviously you know the true writer would say oh they're terrible they're taking our jobs away from us but <laughs> from yes. from a from a person that works with people that might not necessarily write, you know, it's not necessarily their their first strength, you know, is writing. And I my job is always to encourage those people to 
do to build the confidence to do this writing for themselves. So things like Hemingway and Grammarly, they're they're great tools to help people, you know, to give people the confidence to to know that what they're doing is good enough. I I think there's a there's a wonderful thing. So there's um a uh, YouTuber. He was he was a, a touring magician for for a long while, and then um uh, really leaned into podcasting and YouTube, and and he's. He talked for years as a magician about, and, and Penn and Teller talk about this: the idea that um, the best magicians sort of show you how the trick is done, but you, you and you, you might be able to do it to some level of competency, but that sort of delta is is you know is is what talent is. It's like yeah, you could do it to a competent degree, but we make this look sort of effortless, and that's that's sort of what that last that last mile is. That's what that that last bit of talent is, and I think. I find it so much more satisfying to help people get to that 90% rather than trying to do the whole thing to actually show people, you know, you're a lot more capable to do this stuff than you probably gave yourself credit for. And these tools can sort of help us get, you know, get along that way. I agree. Totally. Yeah. So what kind of things when you're working with people on stuff like uh, tone of voice and writing, like, do you sit with them? Do you sit with, with clients and sort of, get a sense of their tone of voice and then help them write for that? Or is it, like you said, really just focusing on not so much their tone of voice, but what the reader is hoping to receive emotionally and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, there's a whole process, right? So like um, with content strategy, it's it's not just a case of, um, you know, writing a few blogs or creating a podcast or whatever. There's a lot more preparation work to, I believe, to make it successful. And that includes really getting deep on your customers. So understanding your customer, doing the research, speaking to them, having a look and using online tools to understand, you know, what are they searching for? What are they worried about? What do, what is the solution out there that they need? And there's a, there's a lot to understand there before you can then, you can then begin to put your stamp on it. So. Once you've kind of got that customer bit ready, then it's thinking about you and your business and what's what's what stories are important there that you need to bring out. What the brand values, what's your mission, your vision, your what what you want to be known for, and then you're mixing those two things together to really, um, you know, create the content that's gonna that's gonna do the job that it needs to do, which is reaching those people. And so when we get into this idea of content, um, what kind of things are you typically helping people uh, create? So when I work with people, I do a big job on the, the strategy side. So then once we've got into well, your customer, this is what they want. This is the, you know, this is what you want to be known for. These are your, your values. Then it's, what are the main themes that you want to create content around that's going to help you, A, reach the right people and tell them the right story? So it might be reviewing their blogs. It might be giving them the confidence to get on in front of video. Like I always say, if you start with video, doing lives or video, that then gives you a whole load of stuff to repurpose because if you've got a video, you can turn that into a transcript and then you can edit the transcript to turn into a blog and then you've got um you've got some text that you can copy and paste into social media posts so there's a workflow there that'll that'll save you time in the long run if you start with a video or a live so that's kind of like where i push most people if they if that's what's going to bring them joy as well like there's a whole thing around well people really might not necessarily love video they might prefer the podcast side because they don't mind you know being having that voice out there but they're not necessarily that comfortable having themselves in front of a camera although i always say that most of these things can be overcome like if you it depends you know what that what that fear really is so getting down you know what is that fear of being on video and can we overcome it to begin with the, that sort of sustainability aspect of creating content that that sort of lights you up and keeps you inspired um that can yeah that can be that can be tricky if i guess if you don't have that that real strategy 
in place from the beginning to say, well, these are the, the kinds of things that I that I want to talk about. These are the kinds of areas that I want to help people with. Um, and, you know, that really, that should be the stuff that you, I guess that you most care about and that gets you excited. Otherwise, well, what are you doing, I guess? Yeah, and there's ways to make it easier as well. So I always want to, like, I work with small business owners and you've got to make their life as easy as possible to create this stuff. So what can you put in place that's going to make it really easy? So having the strategy and doing the prep work, actually in the long run, it might seem like a big cost and a big time outlay to begin with, but in the long run, when you come to creating stuff, you don't need to think about it because it's there. If you know Your content calendars, your ideas, your themes, you've thought about all of that. So the rest of it flows easier. And then like, how else can you, you know, with accountability or productivity or tools or repurposing workflows, like all of these things then make it so much easier. So it does bring them joy. I'm going to ask a question that's, it might sound like a challenge and I don't mean it to. Um, or maybe I do, I don't know. Um, but it's something that's been on my on my mind as, I think especially as I look through LinkedIn and everybody's now got the formula. <laughs> like everybody knows how to do the LinkedIn post now. Like everybody's doing it and we know what that is. Um, are we, are we, I don't think drowning in content, but are we sort of getting up to our necks in it at the moment? And what can we do to make our stuff a little bit more not stand out because like then everybody's trying to stand out and then no one does but like d d you know does that does that fear sort of resonate with you that that sense of like we we're all trying to do do content we're all trying to do hashtag content um how can we or, or, or am i wrong about that is that just because of the circles that i that i swim in so i've worked in content marketing for i mean I've worked in marketing for 15, 16 years. And I think content, I remember around 2010, 11, content was really kicking off then. And it, it, was, it didn't take long for us to already feel like we were drowning in content then. It was very much, you need to create content that stands out, otherwise you are just lost in the noise. And that I don't feel like that has changed an awful lot in the last, six seven eight years maybe i think the way that people consume content is very different and i think that there is definitely more shift towards micro niching which helps you then reach the people you want to reach like i guess in the old days it was very much a scattergun approach and everybody was just creating content that appealed to everyone and that's very much changed over the years where it now it's very much how how far can you really niche down to reach the people that you really want to reach and i um i do believe that there are ways to create content in a really authentic way so that you're not following the formulas and there isn't a funnel to go down. You know, I think, yeah, and I think content is is the way to do that because, you re you know, people will find you and be drawn to you. A, if you're saying the right things and you're saying, not just saying what they want to hear, but also you're saying the right things because it's what you believe, it's your values, it's what you stand by, and then you'll attract the people that also believe the same things as you. And that, you know, where the micro niching comes down, I suppose, because you're niching down to your particular value. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's interesting. So it it kind of makes me think because I think part of what what's happened for me is that you know I, I've I've I started my in, in in sort of work. I think I had this idea of I was a bit of an an art like. A few, a, a few dashes of like punk aesthetic or sort of punk ideas, a few sort of slightly just like arty kind of things. And like, it took me a long while 
and like it, it's only been in very recent memory that I've really sort of embraced things like LinkedIn without kind of holding it at sort of arm's length like it's this this thing that's gonna like 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 smoke that's gonna get into my clothes or something. And so I think I, I've probably become more aware of sitting and 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 scrolling through LinkedIn and and seeing, yeah, seeing the formula. But I, again, I, I wonder if that's just part of having that particular you know mindset that like it sees patterns you know uh, very very easily. Um, but that doesn't mean that stuff doesn't still resonate. No, um, I mean, I guess people cling on to the formulas because. They work for a short while anyway until they become formulas, like you say, and then they then then they turn into the noise, I guess. But they're resonating with the right people. So whatever formula they're using, if the message is authentic, if it's coming from the right place and they're reaching the right people, like no matter if it's written in a formula or not, it's gonna it's gonna resonate with the right people, if that makes sense. It does. And and it also makes me think the stuff that really comes from the heart is because I wrote some, I posted something last week about uh, a sort of business hippie festival that I went to. And I posted a video of me jumping into a freezing cold lake. And it on, on the face of it, it was LinkedIn Formula 101. It was uh, title you know, like one line title, trying to sort of gauge and guess where LinkedIn is going to cut off the title. Um, and then a couple, you know, and, and then the video is is there and then you click through and there's this this sort of, you know, long, longer post. But it got a big reaction from people because it was unexpected, unusual, emotional. Um, and and I think one of the other things, and, and I, actually this could be a fun seam to mine, is... So I, 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 at this business hippie uh, event, I was uh, invited to give a talk, and the first talk I submitted was kind of quite um, not dissimilar to some of the things we've we've talked about here. A little bit of like process, and uh, here's how to do a thing. Here's like, um, yeah, here's here's an idea. Here's podcasting as a as a thing you might want to pursue. And the the organisers sort of said, eh, it's not what we do here. That's not the kind of thing we want. We want your story. And we get taught in different degrees. It's like th- th- this could be a tricky path to walk because on one hand, we want to write stuff that resonates with our customer. We don't want to just talk about ourselves. But at the same time, our stories often resonate and get us into that what you were talking about, the sort of Seth Godin idea of people like us do things like this. Um, and and we a good way of doing that is to be able to tell our story does that does that make sense or am i sort of rambling yeah no totally i'm totally on board with the you know like people but the whole people buy from people like that's not a new concept at all but people buy from people that they have shared experiences values personality with not not shared personality because personality isn't necessarily shared because a lot of personalities tend to attract the opposite but but still getting that personality across through the story is important. So yeah, like the personal story is, and especially with the clients that I work with, because they're all healing others from a, the place of their own healing, what they've been through. So that is very, very important for them to communicate that and to communicate that in a in a vulnerable and authentic way that doesn't feel like oversharing or doesn't feel like, you know, it's, it, it needs to feel right and feel good. And it's quite hard to actually, and I've been through this myself in the past year, actually being able to, to open up and let people in, but, you know, still with those boundaries as well, because, you know, it's a business and you're not letting people completely into your life. It's not like you're opening the door and say, hey, come and, you know, sit down and watch telly and have a cup of tea with me. But you're you're still letting them into who you are. One of the, the sort of ideas I've been playing around with at the moment is is sort of bringing our bringing our audience home. Um, and that doesn't mean that they can rummage through your underwear drawer. But it does mean that they can maybe sit and have a quick, you know, have a coffee and, and, and you know, maybe watch an episode of Pointless. Yeah, that's um, a good analogy. I like that. 
um, and so yeah, I think that aspect of of sharing, yeah, boundaries. I think is a, is a really important important point. There is is being conscious of what you can share without being too guarded, but just. And I think if you're almost verging, I don't know how you feel about this, but like if you're almost verging on that, like is this maybe a little bit too personal? I feel like you've probably hit a good sweet spot. Yeah. If it feels uncomfortable, actually, it's probably a good thing because <laughs> you're then coming out of your shell and your comfort zone and you're putting yourself in that position where not to be judged, but you're you're probably going to get some judgment, but you have to be strong enough to be, you know, to say. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> when you're working with people, especially thinking about things like uh, like like videos and, and and lives and things like that are you finding that you have to work through people's vulnerabilities or work through people's you know it, 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 uh, do they have that that sense of of a little bit of of fear of sh- you know showing aspects of themselves yes definitely um i mean i'm i'm not a, you know i'm not a coach myself so i haven't got the skill or the ability to be able to push people you know through those those boundaries that or those fears but I very much am a cheerleader and give people the confidence to know that they can do this and if there are if there are things that I can help them with and push them through or you know just give them the little just just that little nod then yeah like I do I do do that quite a lot yeah so let's get into some um let's get into some process then i'm 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 a busy small business owner i i want to speak authentically i want to do good in the world it's important for me to um that that my values are shared in my work and that i want to work with uh people who share my values so i need to communicate those um but but i you know i i've i've got I've got my client work. I've got uh, other things in my life that I have to do. What can I do? What is the what is the easiest way that I can start making some content that's actually going to hopefully move the needle? I know it's not going to be a, a quick fix because you know we're not looking for that. But like, what can I start to do where I can? Um, hopefully not not break my back but maybe start to see a little bit of, of traction yeah so there's there's obviously a few things to start with um there's one thing i read a book by a guy called george Carl who wrote authentic content marketing he has a really good process of it's like three-stage process of so stage one content is um really informal you might shoot a video while you're walking the dog on just an idea that came into your head and if you get into the process of doing that on a daily basis, you don't necessarily need to publish every video that you do, but just getting, A, it practices getting in front of the camera and speaking authentically about things that are important to you. Um, but also you're just, you're in the process of then of creating and thinking about, you know, if you're, if you're out on a walk, how can you actually record those daily thoughts and things that are going to resonate with your audience? Maybe there might be some daily challenge that you've just overcome and you think, well, I can relate that to a business environment. So that story would be really good. So then what tools can I use to then maybe jot some of this stuff down? You know, so it's, it's thinking about how to integrate those thought processes in your daily kind of you know, light to make it easy to get your thoughts out your head and onto some sort of app or paper or whatever it is. And then I think with stage two, it's then taking that content and then putting it into something more formal, whether it be a longer form video or a blog or a podcast episode or um, a YouTube video or whatever it might be that's your kind of your go-to content. How do you take the stuff that's worked with your audience, you know, the, the casual content that's worked, that's resonated, and then taking that and, and making it into a bigger piece. And then his third stage content is putting the stuff that, again, works well into either a course or a book. Um, but that, for me, just, I think, is a nice process because at least you're starting small and it's a it's a stepping stone. So you're starting small and you're thinking about 
the small casual bits of content that you can just put out there and see what works. And that just gets you on the ladder almost. But then there's other things with, you know, the preparation work and understanding your audience. So rather than getting into, you know, a big process, just DM a few of your old customers or existing customers, ask them a few questions, you know, what worked for you, what didn't work for you, what would you have done if you didn't use my services in understanding what the challenges were that they faced and how the solution helped them. And then, again, you can use tools such as Answer the Public. If you put your keywords in, it tells you what people are searching for. So it gives you an idea of where to start and what questions to answer to begin with. I think some of the the hardest bit is the actual the productivity and the accountability bit. You know, it's, oh, I've opened my laptop now, I need to write a blog, and they sit there for an hour and they've not written a word. You know, what? What can help them overcome those things so it's not wasting time as well? So if you've got all the prep work done, you've got some ideas to start with, but then um, could you team up with somebody, do a co-working session? I found a really good tool recently called Focusmate, which is an, it's like a co-working Pomodoro tool. So you, you, there's a calendar and you can put in when you want to do your session and it, you can choose 25 minutes or 50 minutes and then it pairs you up with somebody and then you have like a, a joint co-working and you tell each other what you're going to work on in that time and it, you just get it done and it just overcomes that procrastination element. So yeah, I think kind of like the productivity and accountability side is really important as well for not wasting time. Completely. I I, I love this uh, iterative process. This is... Um... This this is entirely new to me, um, and I love this idea of yeah, like taking an idea, just going from that that real bare bones of like here's a thought that's just occurred to me um, while I'm out or, or whatever, and just it's 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 like the minimum viable product of of sort of a, of a piece of content of an idea, and just going yeah, all right, here you go, here's here's something that I was just thinking about, um, and then in that true iterative like agile style being able to see what what resonates and then okay we can formalize this into this can now be a blog post it can be a, a podcast episode like you said uh, and then it's it's the same idea because you i'm sure you'll know this so i, I don't want to um answer for you but i'm sure you you come across this question of aren't i just saying the same thing multiple times and i'm sure you have an answer for oh, that Oh, absolutely i absolutely <laughs> do have an answer for that like people need to not worry about repeating themselves because if you think about most social media channels, I think the percentage of people that actually see the post is something like between five and 10%. And it's not always the same five and 10% because of the algorithms and because of what people are, you know, what they're doing on a daily basis with their technology changes what they see. It changes all the time. So, I mean, when I did my social media training, I'm going back eight seven years no six years or so and we were taught even then on twitter to post the same thing every day at a different time because people are online at different times so somebody different is going to see that post and you do it every day for i don't know a week 10 days and then you know you've got a rotation then of posts that you're putting out um all the time but there's so many different ways that you can repurpose and repost those things so it doesn't always feel like you're just saying the same thing so it's not just a copy and paste job it might be you you take a theme you might write different words around it or you might change the words around or you might change the header or you might change the image or whatever it is you you know you can use the same thing and kind of tweak it slightly as you go but yeah like definitely repeating the same message is actually really important because I mean, even in the early days of marketing, when we were taught about advertising, you know, having the same keyword or repeating the same message, it, it, it reinforces it in people's brains of what it is that you do and how, that you, how you do it. And if you're not then repeating that, then you're not reaching new audiences with new information, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like you, you, you don't you don't show an ad once <laughs> yeah. you know if you if you're going to buy an ad on coronation street you don't just show it once and then they go i advertised it i told everyone about the thing 
it, yeah, you, 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 you know, even, even if it's the same people again, you still need reminding up to however many times it is that, that we need reminding of, of, of things. You know, we, we do, even if it is the same people, we still need to be told a few times before we're going to take action. But like you said, it's, yeah, that, that, that small window of the people who actually see our content is, it's constantly, constantly shifting. Yeah, it is. Repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat. So yeah, don't, don't be scared to repeat yourself. It's hard to get into that mindset, I think, as a, as a content creator. Because you're probably boring yourself with the same stuff, aren't you? But I guess, you know, like an actor practicing his line, you know, you just you, you just need to just do it over and over and over. Well, I kind of want to like put on this thread, actually, because I think about so the, about June, July last year, I recorded a video um, on LinkedIn sort of talking about my uh, one of the new packages that I, that I was uh, developing as um, helping people start podcasts. And I sort of happened upon this idea about um, how messages move from the ear to the brain to the heart. And it kind of almost came as I was speaking, like this sort of idea. And I kind of, I was, I was a little bit bashful about it. And I was like, oh, you know, because it sounded a bit, I still wasn't sort of embracing my identity as a, as some kind of, uh, and I don't think of myself as this, but some kind of thought leader. <laughs> um, but the, like being able to sort of inhabit that space of, of trying to, you know, know, knowing that I've got some experience, whatever. Um, and, and that sort of, that idea stuck around and it's now, more and more central to the work I do. And so I was able to iterate on that idea. It's now the name of this of this podcast. Um, but it, it's over the year, starting as as a as a video and then going into a few other things, it just I followed that thread and I understood as I started to talk about it more, I understood more of what it meant. So I think Although I'm kind of, I, yeah, I'm saying the same things. Our messages go from the ear to the brain to the heart. But there's other things around that that are interesting and the, that I discover as I'm working with people about what that means. Um, and so these, you know, we, yeah, there, there is that that fear of saying the same thing. But actually, with that iteration, you might discover and learn more stuff about the thing that you already thought you were an expert on. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Because then your the message evolves as well as you're not necessarily then repeating yourself yeah like you say you're learning from the feedback that's coming back from people and then you 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 know it's this idea of the more you do something the more you're learning the more it it, it, it evolves and it's like unless you're putting stuff out there and having that kind of courage to to create content and put it out there then Without that feedback, it, you can't evolve it. So you have to kind of get it out there in order to evolve it in the first place. What is the primary thing that gets into people's? It gets in people's way of starting that. You know, stage one, sort of the the informal content. Is it the ideas? Is it the shoving a camera in their face? What you know? What what are you finding? I think there's definitely never one thing it depends on the person and yeah sometimes it is the terrified of being visible and being on camera and or they're just they haven't got comfortable with their own story and that vulnerability element of what will people think and especially on LinkedIn I think if they've changed careers then you have a lot of people within your LinkedIn that know you from another life maybe and you may be a different person then and you hadn't been through the healing and all of the, the other things that you've been through in your life and you still have this element of well what will they think of me and who do you think you are and you know that kind of you, you have to overcome those things as well so yeah I think it's always it's always different depending on the person well once people have, have sort of got going what are your thoughts on Things like automation. <laughs> Is that a really good question? Because um, I, as you've probably guessed by now, very much stand in the authentic box of all marketing should come from an authentic place, but you have to be realistic about what you can achieve as well. So I think 
some automation is not necessarily too damaging. I think I, I don't, I don't think, I think, you know, when you get really automated stuff and you can, you can just see it, can't you? It's so obvious when you get automated emails, you know, if you sign up to something and then you get 10 emails and they're all following again, another, a pattern that they've been told, a formula, and you can see it and it puts you off straight away. You're just like, oh, I'm already bored of this person telling me, you know, I'm email five and I've seen this process and this pattern and formula before. Um, but, you know, I think having a, a, having a welcome email, um, a welcome email sequence actually is, is really good. If you do it in the right way and you, you know, you're still talking to people and you do it at the right time. So if they sign up on your, on your website, then definitely an automated welcome message saying, hello, thank you. This is what you're going to expect from me, blah, blah, blah. But don't overdo it. You know, don't send them a message every week, but send them a couple more just as a reminder of, well, this is what I do, or this is a blog that I wrote on this thing that might be really interesting to you right now. I don't necessarily think that's too damaging, especially if you're being useful and it's valuable to the person that you're sending it to. And it's not just a series of sales, 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 emails. Um, and with social media, like scheduling does save you a hell of a lot of time. And you can still schedule and not necessarily, it doesn't always have to feel like it's a scheduled automated message. You know, you're still writing that content from the right place and it's still useful and valuable. So, but I think scheduling is, is a massive time saver for small business. There's also, and this is something I'm, I'm borrowing, I'm borrowing from Justin Welsh, who is um, one of these like content marketing guys for people who want to create uh, businesses around their creativity. So, you know, people who want to write newsletters that have paid subscribers and ads and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's a thing that he talks about which I think is valuable here when we talk about this iterative process, because I kind of where, where automation might play in. And I think it can still be authentic is if you have a few ideas that are jumbling around in your brain, what's to say you can't record a few videos while you're out. You know, I've got a canal that I, that I sometimes walk and um, I might, you know, I, I, I could have, four or five little ideas that I'm thinking about and I could record a separate video for each one. And then rather than post each one in sequence, I can, I can sort of post one and then I've got that strand that then I can iterate on. Um, and then I can, as I start to build up this sort of little, um, uh, this stream of, uh, informal video to podcast episode or blog post or even email newsletter issue. Um, I can potentially sort of start to fill my content calendar up so that I'm not necessarily always talking about the same thing day in and day out, because I've now got a few ideas that I'm working at different points. Does that, you know, does that kind of make sense? Cause then it means it's not like, well, today I'm, you know, all this week I'm going to be talking about what microphone to buy. It's like, well, that was an idea that I had, but then also there's a thing about uh, how to treat your room or what to do with your voice. And I can really start to mix and match those ideas um, without it feeling too, because they've still come from a from an authentic place, but it just means that you can potentially juggle sort of a, a few ideas around at the same yeah, time. So like batch creating like yeah that's going to save you so much time especially and men don't have this as much as women but women from a monthly point of view maybe it's with the moon or with their cycles or whatever they have times of the month where they don't want to be visible and they have times of the month where they actually do when they want to get out there and be sociable so working with those cycles um is weird I, mean, I don't really know how it works for men hormones and, and all of the rest of it I, I believe men are more of a 24-hour cycle so maybe there's a time of the day where you want to be visible you don't want to be visible so yeah like creating that content when you are at your most creative and you're at you want to be you know you feel excited to do it is very important so yeah i think that that's a really good point that you can still do it from an authentic point of view 
but it can still be pre-recorded. We we touched on the idea of funnels earlier, and I, I kind of want to loop back into that because, yeah, I just I just want to I just want to see if I just say the word funnels and then what happens. <laughs> Oh, I hate funnels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought I thought that's I thought if I pulled on this thread, that's that might be what. Yeah. Um, from a from a you know marketing like back in the day, you know when I first started, I did my CIM um, postgrad diploma in marketing, and it's all about it's all about the funnels, and it's all about you know you, you get people at the top of them and work them down, and to a certain degree. I still believe from an from an awareness phase, you still need to reach a bigger audience and reach as many people for for the, for people to know who you are. So that know, like, and trust from the start, you have to reach more people so they know who you are and where to find you. And then, kind of, once they're in your world, then it's nurturing those people. So you you are, in a sense, working through a funnel, but it's not a, here's this one person, we're going to move him from here to here, then we're going to move him from here to here, and then he's going to buy you. It's very, it, it's in my world or in my point of view, my opinion, it's more fluid than, than that. It, let's get out to as many people as you can, build that trust and, and bring them into your world. Then how can you nurture them, make them feel special and make them, understand who you are and what you do and how you're going to help them and then yeah give them ways to buy stuff from you and and you still have to use your marketing to you still have to sell to people like no matter how authentic or ethical you want to be you still you still have something to sell you still got you know you still got to pay your own bills so you still need to, to then move people into that that buying stage as it were but yeah, from from that kind of mass funnel marketing, yeah, it just makes me feel really icky. Every time I hear someone say the word trust, um, a little light just goes on in my in my head and, and my heart because um, that's sort of at the centre of of what I'm about and what I'm you know what I try and do. Um, so it just it always makes me very pleased when when people talk about that sort of authentic trust because. Um, you know, it's it, when we talk about no like trust, like the you know the work that I do is 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 at that that last mile. It's at the 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 stuff between um, like and trust. You know, it, it can't help you with the no stage, um, which is a shame because well, it's not a shame, but it's it's one of those expectations that has to be managed with. Uh, and I think just as blogging was back in the day, I think there was for for a while. If you had a blog or if you had a podcast, that was novel. That was in in itself sort of newsworthy uh, and enough to to make people pay attention. But now everybody has access to create uh, a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel, whatever. Then that is no longer uh, a novelty, and so we have to work a lot harder at that no stuff at that no stage. Uh, and I think once you've got in between no and like, it feels like the rest of it actually comes a lot easier. What are your thoughts around uh, getting, you know, in, into that sort of no stage? If if we want to, you know, talk about it in, in these old school terms, like the top of the funnel, um, what are your sort of thoughts on how we, how we do that work? Yeah. So when I'm looking at kind of marketing strategies and, and you know, like content, I specialize in content because it, I believe content is the way to help us build long-term authentic trust with our audience and in in order to reach more people then I guess you know you start with well, who is your customer and where are they where are they where do they go what's their behaviors and what do they where do they go for this information where are they going to find these solutions so you know it might be um, ads on Google if they're going to Google and searching for stuff. I mean, it depends on what it is. So what you use to get out there and, and can generate that reach depends on, obviously, what it is that you're doing and providing. Um, but networking, doing talks, podcasts, 
partnership. Like how can you partner with somebody so that it's a win-win where you can both reach each other's audience, where there's a mutual synergy. Um, it's exploring all of these different things. Obviously, what you have to be very mindful of what you're capable of as a small business owner, pulling yourself in loads of different directions. Um, and it's not scattergun in the sense that you are still being targeted. You've still got a strategy. You're still targeting the right people. But it is a bit of a scattergun in the sense of you've got to try different things and see what works. But yeah, like getting out there and talking to people. A lot of this stuff doesn't necessarily work in isolation either. Because you've got to think like a person will see your brand or see you maybe 10 to 15 times before they, they even enter into your world. So, oh, I've seen that person before. Oh, oh yeah, she was on that podcast or I heard her on the radio or, you know, like, it starts to then come together and build that credibility and that trust element so that then you're bringing them closer to you. So getting out into the world as much as possible that is physically able with the budget that you, time that you have. But yeah, trying out a, a few different things. So partnerships are really good. Partnerships, I always say, try and find synergies and partnerships and how can you do like, joint discounts for each other or uh, you get on each other's lives or do live interview or do podcasts together or you know whatever it is to team up with people that have got the same audience but in you know with me as a content marketer I might team up with a copywriter or an SEO specialist or whatever it, you know whatever it is that are also targeting um, or wanting to help and speak to coaches and health and well-being people um yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah, completely, um, <laughs> completely. Because it, it, it's it's the it's with a lot of this stuff. It's like we all know this, we <laughs> but we don't always do it, and we think there's there's some other. But it's like, no, no, it's 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 getting you it's getting your face out there. It's getting your it's it yeah it's it's being visible. It's being uh, audible, um, and and yeah, and and just and finding those opportunities to. Um, yeah, to collaborate or to 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 guest or to speak, like it's it is just the the legwork of of finding those opportunities and then and then turning up. Yeah, and you know you never know what opportunities are gonna are gonna present themselves unless you're out there with your head above the sand, you know, looking for them. <laughs> so yeah, getting out and speaking and doing networking and speaking to people is. You know, you just never know what's going to then come into your world. Events, I didn't even mention getting out and doing events. Events, are, you know, although I work very much from a online content and, or, and all of that, but events always come into the mix, especially from that from that reach point of view. You can't be, and, and as someone who's who's enjoyed over the, the last sort of couple of years being able to attend events that I wouldn't necessarily, or definitely wouldn't have been able to access, um... Uh, otherwise it's still only watching video um the the real stuff is those moments where you just bump into someone or you're sat next to someone and you just spark up a conversation and they and they say well you know I, like i've got no use for your services but i know this person you should absolutely talk to or have you considered this thing and it you know it might lead somewhere it might not but those moments of serendipity are far more easy to create or to make space for when you're out in in the physical world and i think that you know the last couple of years that's been that's been scary especially if you're introverted but that is where the opportunities uh live i think in the in those unexpected moments so this has been this has been wonderful uh, and i'm going to go off and and um and and uh, take some informal ideas and see where they go um where should people where should our listener um how should our listener connect with you, find out more about uh, what you do and how they can work with you, please? Yeah, so um, obviously you go to my website, which is kateclarkmarketing, Clark with an E, <laughs> com. You can join my newsletter, which comes out every two weeks. And you'll also get a free um, repurposing checklist as well for signing up to the newsletter. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, 
that is my main platform. I am on Facebook and Instagram, but I tend to have most conversations on LinkedIn. So yeah, please do come and find me and connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'd love to, yeah, have a conversation. Um, you know, I love talking to, I love talking to business owners, no matter where you are in your journey, just finding out about different businesses and yeah, connecting people up with, you know, what they need as well. Like I'm a, I'm massively into networking and, um, yeah, I just love learning about new people, which is also interesting, isn't it? It is. And that's one of the things that I'm rediscovering as as I'm editing, as I'm doing a lot more editing work, is I'm re I'm like listening to these conversations and, and just it is it's it's that 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 real privileged moment of just pulling up a chair and being like, listen, I'm not here, I'm not here, you you carry on and just being able to eave, eavesdrop on the conversation and uh, and get these get these things that that uh, I get to learn about and discover uh, that I you know probably wouldn't you know these are the conversations I wouldn't necessarily seek out, but like once I'm in there, it's like oh wow, that's fascinating. I mean, we never even really got to talk about um, repurposing from a sort of from a like a, a process view that much. But I'm 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 really yeah I, I I love this this notion of of taking that idea uh, and and just and s- sort of chipping away at it and making it a little bit more formal. That feels like it's a different view on repurposing than just like record your YouTube video sat in front of your your uh, auto cue. Th- put that out as a podcast, write it up as a blog post. Like there's, there's something more there that rather than repurposing just raw content, you're just repurposing the, the actual nugget of an idea. So I'm I, I, very grateful for that. Thank yeah. you. No problem. It was an absolute joy to speak to you today. Massive thanks to Kate Clark. You can check out her newsletter along with links to everything we talked about on your screen now or at earbrainheart.com. If you enjoyed this chat, please share it with someone who needs to hear it. Just point them to earbrainheart.com or show them how to follow the podcast on their phone. Take care of yourself and I'll be back with you again very soon.